anymore. Good afternoon, good evening, good day, and good morning, Blurtsters, wherever you are around the world. You are listening to the new Blurt. We acknowledge the First Nations peoples of this land, the traditional custodians, and pay our respects to their elders past, present, and future. We recognise the ongoing impacts of colonisation and the importance of a voice to Parliament to ensure the sovereignty and self-determination of First Nation peoples is respected and upheld. We commit to working together towards a just and equitable future for all Australians. But these fires are certainly not a function of climate change, they're just a function of life in Australia. Why would a scientist want to change people's vote? I mean, this, this is, you saw the spin over the past week as they drip fed. The report that came out last month, which found one in four Americans, is sceptical about the effects of climate change. And this issue's been exaggerated. It's cold. You're listening to Green There, Done That on the new blurb with Wincy and the Kexter. I believe, Wensi, you have mm-hmm. some El Nino news to talk to us about. Si, senor. I have El Nino on, on board here. <laughs> um, uh, you said that so beautifully. That was be- uh, beautifully. I could not say it that well. I, I did. Any sort of Spanish accent, I'm shocked. I can't do a Spanish accent. Mine is definitely not a Spanish accent. It's, a, it's a, an Aussie accent that just happens <laughs> to sound Spanish. <laughs> Sorry. Well, that speaks Spanish. It, it, it sounds Spanish if you're not Spanish. Exactly. Exactly right. Um, so, yes, El Nino. Um, there are some climate models going around um, recently where they're predicting a super El Nino coming to a country near you later in the year. Um, yeah, so it's... A super should, we be, should, should we be rolling out the red carpet for that or should we be battling down the hatches? Which, which way should I think battling down the hatches with some big um, brick walls or something to stop the, uh, the, the water, uh, the water, torrential water coming in. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, just just be, be, be careful. Keep an eye on the uh, on the bomb. Ah, <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, yeah, so when a Super El Nino comes around, it's usually marked by very high temperatures, um, especially around the equator. And the last um, extreme El Nino happened in 2016. So what's that, seven years ago? Um, back then, it pushed global temperatures to the highest on record, uh, not helped by the fact we've got climate change happening as well. So not good. Um, what else have I got here? Just lost my page here we go um so what actually is el nino or is it el nino or el nino like where where does the phrase come from how did they name it what's what's the history and how damaging is it to us so el nino el nino what's what's the difference so it's el nino or la nina so yeah so l being the masculine form of the Loving yeah. fe- feminine, yeah. So, what we're saying one's a male um weather event and one's a female weather event, yeah. So, saying? they basically flip over. So, on one part of the Pacific Ocean, it'll be wet, and on the other side, it'll be dry, and uh, and then vice versa for the other one. So, it, it started, it, it came about because usually around Christmas time, which is um. 
uh, I think they call it Nino, something to do with children um, and and festivities of Christmas is what they use in, in Latin America, I think. Um, not very familiar with it because I don't really, I haven't really looked into that or remember that myself. But um, because it's to do, oh, it's probably to do with the nativity scene because it's got the little baby boy. So they called it El Nino. That's my guess. Um, right. So which, which yeah, so one blows? Which one blows? The, oh, that I don't know. The male event or the... Not too sure. Right. Okay. But yes, so Continue. it started in... Yeah, so because it, it's hot on one side, um, yeah, that I'm pretty sure that was the El Nino when it's hot on the South American side. I know La Nina mm. was when we, yeah, because La Nina is what we just what we had just, last year, wasn't it? With lots of yeah, that we've had in the last rain. couple years, so it's wetter on our side. Yeah, yeah, that's, so that's right. Yeah, yeah. So. And, uh, because it's wet on our side, it's hotter on the South American side. So they've had bushfires the last uh, few seasons. Right. Yes, they have. Yes, uh, whereas yeah, we yeah. haven't really had that many bushfires the last two years. Wash your mouth out, mouth out. Don't say that on this program. I'm not that I'm Touch wood. superstitious in any way. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so with El Nino, yeah, we've got the rains. So La Nina, we've got the rains. And South America's, South America's got the, the hot, hotter weather. And then when it's El Nino, we get the hot weather. That's when we get our droughts. And then they get the uh, the wet seasons right. a, right. a lot wetter. Okay. And so what are they forecasting is actually going to happen with our El Nino? What's, um, what, what are we expecting? Um, so, I imagine it's going to hit us in summer in particular. But Yeah, exactly. Like... So that's why they're predicting towards the end of the year. Um, it's it's not completely reliable, but the, it's just a prediction, obviously. But we'll obviously get the hotter temperature, so hopefully it won't come to pass. But yeah, we'll probably hit high, high, high for well mid forties uh, on a more regular basis in some parts of the country. It'll be drier. We'll get droughts. Uh, the question is, will it last several years, or will it be just the one event, and then hopefully next year it'll be. Um, It'll fizzle out, fizzle out and just be less intense. Um, it's very hard to, to predict these things until it starts hitting and then they can see the patterns. Um, you know, New Zealand well. has basically just been following our weather pattern pretty much. Mm, yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, yeah, so that would mean it's going to be dry for them as well then, I assume. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because it's all part of that. Pacific Ocean. So if if you're on the west side of the ocean, Pacific where we are, then yeah, New Zealand, Australia. I don't think um, Japan gets it because they're on the wrong side of the hemisphere. So for us on the southern side, we'll get the heat um, this coming year. So yeah, prepare prepare yourselves for a hot hotter summer this this year. Yeah, I mean we definitely. Um... We definitely, have, definitely haven't had one for, I mean, I'm always hearing people sort of whinge um, 
you know, they want a hotter mm. summer. So I imagine yeah. it's going to win this year. I personally, yeah. myself, have been very happy mm. with not having yeah. um, too much heat and not having bushfires. Yeah. I, I can handle true, true. that. That's yeah, the last I, three I extreme... Sorry, a bit, bit laggy here at the moment. The last three extreme El Ninos we had were in yeah, 1982 just... to 1983, 97 to 98, and 2015 to 16. So they usually last two summers by the looks of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's yeah, the, yeah that's very bright too. I remember that very well. Oh, well, well look, uh, we'll have to just watch this space, unfortunately, but... Yeah. Um, but I've got some good news. So, Excellent. you know, news. Uh, something to uh, absolutely let's land on a um, on a good thing. So in case you've never seen one, this, this is a beaver. Oh, so cute. Let me get rid of Sleepy Joe. There we go. They there are cute. They are. And they're very big too. Um mm. They, they're bigger than they look there. Um, the male, I believe, is a bit, uh, I think, quite a bit bigger than the female, I believe. But um, why are we talking about beavers? Yeah, in, and the climate. In our, um, in our climate change, uh, in our climate change uh, segment, you know, green there, done that segment. Well, when that actually goes away, I will tell you why. Because scientists are realizing beavers can help combat climate change and droughts because they build dams to create pools of water and that keeps them cool and hydrated. But the other beautiful thing about that is because it keeps them cool and hydrated, it also keeps all of the understory around the plants and the trees and the forests oh, and yeah. all the rest. It keeps that hydrated as well. It keeps the soil hydrated. So... Uh, the water from the beaver pond seeps into the soil and, as I said, keeps all the plants uh, hydrated, especially mm. during droughts. Now, just a uh, digression here. People always talk about um, what is the problem with um, cutting down old growth forests and then as long as you're replacing them with another forest of the of even of the species that you've just cut mm. down. Well, the problem is that old growth forests require, sorry, young growth forests require a hell of a lot more water uh, and a hell of a lot more sustenance just to get them going. Mm. So during a drought, there's a better than average chance that they're going to suck up everything they have. And so anything around will not have any water. And that goes mm. with the animals, etc., when they're trying to find a bit of water somewhere when That's we have drought conditions. Point. Yeah, that makes some Whereas sense. in an old growth forest, because these things are already grown, they don't need the water. And so they can store it around their root systems and they can store it all around their understory and in the forest itself and back into the soil. Mm. And that's why it's so, so important we do not cut down our old growth forests. Exactly. And not only that, we don't need to. So, yeah. you know, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, why we're doing it, I I, I, I don't know. But yeah, uh, well, look at the Amazon. Look at the, how they're fucking that up. Excuse my language. <laughs> no, go for it. No, absolutely. They <laughs> are, absolutely. Goes for what they do there. 
Yeah, well, what's his name? Bolsonaro completely fucked that up, as you so beautifully said, um, because uh, he had deals mm. with uh, farmers in those areas and was wiping out, as you say, parts of the Amazon. And if people aren't aware, the Amazon is like a carbon bank. And when it had so much forest in there, all mm. the CO2 is getting sucked into that forest throughout the world. But now there's like only 30% of that left. Yeah. So I know they're madly uh, trying to replant and recreate, but as of what I just said, it's going to take a while and it's going to take Ooh. resources. So, but anyway, beavers yeah. can essentially act as little gardeners, maintaining greenery and creating uh, hab uh, <clears throat> habitats. Um, Emily uh, Fairfax conducted a study that founded that areas with beaver ponds were more fire resistant. Mm, so excellent. that's the other thing. That's going back water, to the forest. And... Absolutely, absolutely. So that, going back to what I was just saying before about the forest. So an old growth forest, because it's already an old growth forest, it already has heaps of water going up and down the trunk. Um, mm. That's that's how it gets fed, and that's sort of how it works. And then it's also got its understory and all, yeah. all around that actually has um, hydration. The difference between that and and a young forest growing is that all it's doing is growing these leaves and trying to grow as fast as it can. And so everything should just burn. And there's so much fuel to burn as well. Mm. So yeah. um, so they're really dangerous. That's it's the other thing. They're really dangerous for fires. So anyway, the wet dirt and leaves around beaver ponds create a fireproof um, zone and beaver bubbles can protect uh, nearby mm -hmm. wildlife from wildfires. Excellent. Which, which, win -win. which is uh, absolutely. So I was thinking when I was uh, researching this, I was thinking that how could we get beavers into Australia? Like, wh what would be a good habitat for them? What could <laughs> they? What could they live in? Because I don't know. I, I'm not sure yeah. what they need. Um, I mean, I know what they need, yeah, but like weather-wise, I, I don't know because it's not like they're a uh, platypus or anything. Um, so mm. don't know, but yeah, my, anyway. my, my worry of my worry about introduced species, as we know, are things like cane toads. You just don't know until they come in what they could do that would destroy our, our habitat. So yeah, that, that that's a hundred percent true. I mean, beavers have been in, um, uh, been in the U S for a long time. And the other thing mm. I was going to say is a book I'm about to start, which I can't wait. And we've talked about this before. It's called Wilding, and you've talked about it a while ago, mm. which was all about um, bringing back um, like paddocks of farmland, whatever, to the sort of wild um, originality they were at the start when they had mm. like deer running around or yep. beavers or whatever it was. Um, but in England years ago, they did have beavers. Mm. Oh, so they're all wiped out now. Yeah, they don't have beavers in England uh, in wow. a while, but... But the same is everything and everything I'm reading and everything I'm, I'm watching and researching and all the rest of it, it just shows that if you build the habitat and you build the environment for animals um, to live in, you can, you can bring back almost mm. extinct species. It's, it's yeah. amazing what we can do mm. and, um, and we should do. Yeah. Because um, we've only got one planet and we owe it to everything on it to do everything yep. we can to save the damn thing. So, um, 
Anyway, beavers have been found to benefit ecosystems in many ways, um, including reducing stream erosion, providing habitats for other animals. Uh, they've also been used in urban areas to reduce flooding and improve the water quality. Um, organizations are working to find solutions to these conflicts and promote coexistence with beavers. That's talking about the property damage that they can do um, and then leading conflicts with, guess who, humans. Humans, so, yeah. The benefits of beavers are becoming more widely recognised and accepted, leading to increased conservation efforts. And um, they play a significant role in mitigating the effects of climate change and restoring the ecosystem, as I've obviously laid out. Mm. But I just find it just absolutely incredible that an animal like that is... Uh, and, and I think as you go through our um, amazing fauna of the world, you just realise how much importance every single one of them has yeah they all play a role don't they they do to the ecosystem it's 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 phenomenal i mean i know i've been in the um i've been on the camp of uh, wasps why do we have wasps you know i've had i've been on that camp for a long time mm. but uh the more and more i get stuck into the garden the more and more i'm out there and the more and more i sort of research and and understand ecosystems better i realize that they're not just there to sting us or anything like that. They're actually mm. there as pollinators as well. And yeah. um, I still can't find a use for mosquitoes, though. That I'm baffled. I'm, I'm not. Um, they would be good for dragonflies because dragonflies eat the larvae of mosquitoes. So it's a food source. Well, we need a shitload of those dragonflies in our backyard. <laughs> we do, don't we? <laughs> Yeah, especially up here in Queensland where we need them. Mind you, though, it'd be a bit like you're back in dinosaur days with mass dragonflies <laughs> flying past your head. I mean, I hate mossies, don't get me wrong, but gee whiz, I don't know if I want, you know, 10 dragonflies flying past my head all the time. Yeah, I, I have seen uh, mosquitoes here almost an inch in size. No, no. Yeah, yeah, seriously. You are kidding. I'll have to take some photos, but I have seen them around, and, yeah, they're literally about an inch. Oh, my God, that's so, horrible. Well, I'm yeah. going to talk about better things. Despite the benefits of beavers, there's still <laughs> challenges to their conservation. Beavers can be seen as a nuisance, as I was just saying before, and they're hunted and trapped, and they hunt them for their tails. Why wouldn't they? Um, climate change and droughts has also threatened beaver populations. The restoration of beaver populations can be expensive, time-consuming. Sounds like it's worth it, though. Yeah. Um, Organisations are working to address these challenges through research and education. The restoration of beaver populations can have a significant impact on ecosystems, climate change, mitigation. Um, and uh, as Elaine would say in um, Seinfeld, yada, 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 yada. Um, Speaking of beavers, before we end the topic, yeah. um, I was watching a video on YouTube that um, one of my kids showed us a few weeks ago where the American lady was talking about a beaver that she rescued. Uh, it was a baby one, so hardly lived in the wild. My parents had died, so she was bringing it up at home. But instinctively, that little baby beaver started getting things that looked like sticks from around the house and then started building a dam like a wall I had one of the doors and it was just, you could see in the videos, like getting stick, moving it over, getting another one from somewhere else and just kept doing it. It was just so instinctive. 
It's amazing. That's beautiful. It is. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. A hundred percent. And I'll make sure that the uh, articles in the show notes as we always do. I think there's a little video video that goes with this as well. So if I can't find it, I'll put it in the show notes as well. It's yep. worth having a look at. Beavers in their natural habitat going about what they do. And um, yeah, it's really cool to watch. So yeah, so if I can, uh, if I can round that up, I will. And uh, we'll get that done. Um, so yeah, so that's a lot of people tonight. Now, one thing we have said on this show before is if uh, you've got any questions, just to... Uh, uh, Write to us at blurtstar at gmail.com or get in touch with us at uh, uh, absolutely at uh, Twitter, Blurt New, absolutely spoutable, and uh, we're on Instagram. But more than that, if you have any, if you were listening to this program, and we know that we've got a couple of hundred listeners and we know that we've had about 7,000 downloads, so people are listening to this show, um, get other people to uh, listen as well. But more than that, if you have a question, a specific question and you have a um, idea of something that you would particularly like us to cover that we are not covering please write in please do contact us well said well said and uh we, we will do everything we can to accommodate and we will answer it on the show the other thing is um please write and review in is it spotify yeah spotify allows um reviews or if you subscribe to our Substack, there are uh, areas there to leave comments and all reviews oh that would be really cool as well yes so if you do download the show that'd be excellent if you could um comment on the Substack page we'll be doing more and more in the Substack as days come on uh, sorry, as uh, the months go on and uh, there'll be a bit more uh, content to read in there. So do do that. Uh, fantastic. Thank you very much for your company as always, Wensi. Absolute pleasure. Good fun, as it always. It has been awesome. Hi to Hobbit. Good night, people. Hi to Hobbit. Bye. The new Blurred is brought to you by Wensi and Kickstarter, usually on a Tuesday evening. You can catch us on all the socials, as they say, the Blurt YouTube channel. We have a Twitter Blurt handle, and there is a Blurt Star Facebook page as well. So, if you're interested in getting getting in touch, it's blurtstar at gmail.com, and we will get back to you as soon as we can if you've got any questions. Until next week, there'll be another feed coming at you. Has been a Get Off The Grass production. It's brought to you by Wincy and Kickstarter.